Brother Savala, we're glad you're here. I want you to take your liberty. I want you just to obey the Holy Ghost. Just do whatever you feel tonight. And I mean that. Amen. Praise God. Come, take your liberty. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's love the Lord together, can we? Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your great goodness. Lord, for you are mighty. Lord, you are mighty. You are mighty. You are mighty. You are mighty. You are mighty, Lord Jesus. There is none, none like unto you, Jesus. None like unto you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Lord God Almighty, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Here we are together again. Just praise in the name of the Lord. Old song, amen. Amen. You won't hear that sung much today, but uh, that was a popular song years ago. Amen. Would you turn to 1 Samuel chapter 30 with me? And Such a delight and an honor to be here. I was remiss in thanking you all for the, the room and the preparation, the little gift basket, and Pastor and Sister Riggedy went out. They found out I like Diet Dr. Pepper, and they went out and got me some, put it in the little fridge. Amen. That's all I need to. I don't need no more. Lord bless everybody. I said one time what my favorite potato chips was, and a church got me 17 cans of it. Amen. Does it look like I need 17 cans of potato chips? And so, uh, hey, that, <laughs> praise God. So I don't say what I like too much anymore because folks are so kind. But it's kindness, but I don't need that much. Amen. I got diabetes here in 15, in 2015, and I had friends of mine who said, Oh, it's the devil fighting you, brother. Oh, we're going to pray. I said, Oh, stop, don't pray. They said, What? I said, It's not the devil, it's the fork. I said, The devil ain't got nothing to do with me getting this here. The type one, we'll talk another story, but type two, no, 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 it wasn't the devil. Amen. I ate my way into this. Praise God. And, uh, and I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get out of it now. <laughs> Praise God. There's a lot of folks, I can preach right there. A lot of folks, see, they don't want to change their habits. They just want God to get them out of the dilemma. Amen. I figure I'll change some of my habits, and if that don't change, then I'll ask God. But I'm going to show him I'm serious first. Praise God. Boy, I'd have preached a whole lot, wouldn't it? Amen. Woo, Jesus. Went to meddling just like that. Okay. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30. Very familiar passage of Scripture probably to most of us here. Uh, we're just going to read a couple verses then we'll come back and uh, and uh, and tell the story and move forward uh, now I'm going to tell you right from the onset I I didn't struggle too hard I knew that the Lord wanted me to preach this message coming here it's not too often this morning and and this message here I just didn't know when uh, this is not a typical Sunday night evangelistic message I understand that uh, but I've preached long enough to know when God really lets me know to preach something and so that doesn't mean somebody can't get the Holy Ghost. Amen. It doesn't mean that other great things can't happen. But, but this may be, this may be one of the most important messages of the four that I'm going to preach here um, to this church particularly. And then we'll see what the Holy Ghost will do over the next two nights. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse number 10. But David pursued he and 400 men 
for 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Bazor. They found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he did eat. And they made him drink water and they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him for he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights. And David said unto him, to whom belongest thou and whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, a servant to an Amalekite. And my master left me because three days had gone. I fell sick. We made an invasion upon the south of the Cherethites and upon the coast which belonged to Judah, upon the south of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. And David said, Can you bring me down to this company? He said, Swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring thee down to this company. And when he had brought them down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating, drinking, dancing, because of all the great spoil they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And David smote them and so forth. Jesus, help us over the next little while here tonight. Thank you, God, for your great and wonderful people. Lord, all those that may be listening, God, you know, Lord, the various needs that are here and the pools of ministry, God, to try to address all of them. But God, we're obeying your word, Lord Jesus, and what you desire to do here tonight above all things. And God, we're asking you, Lord, to do your will and to confirm your word. We praise you and we magnify you in the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Everybody said amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Uh, I'll give you the, the title of this here in just a little while. If your Bibles are open, you can follow along here as I just rehearse the story with you. Many of us know it. We usually stop at, at one particular portion of Scripture. And again, if I was a good evangelist, then I would stop where uh, most folks do. And especially on a Sunday night, it's good to preach because you get everybody jumping and jamming. Uh, and we'll get there in a minute. So David and his men. David is in Ziklag. Uh, he has left to go join the Philistines. Uh, surreptitiously, he's going to come around behind them and attack them. Uh, that was his idea. It didn't work out. They didn't trust him. They send him back on his, on his way back. He gets back to the community where he lives, he and the 600 men that are with him, and they find that it's been raised. It's been, it's been decimated, and all of their children and their wives and their livestock and all of the stuff is gone. The Amalekites have come, taken it. And so now uh, everybody's somewhat disappointed, it would appear, uh, from the Scripture. Uh, I would suppose if they want to stone the leader, that's a little degree of disappointment. And so uh, the, Bible, the Bible says that they, were, they wailed and cried, and, and, then, and then he says that they were going to stone David. Uh, not in the word that the way it's used today. Uh, they, they weren't smoking anything. They were going to use rocks and kill him. And so, and so David, uh, you got to clarify some of these things. You know, some folks who read the Bible, they were to stone him, and they think that's, you know, it's, anyways. Uh, and so uh, they, they said, we're going to stone him. And the Bible said David uh, began to pray, and he encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, if I was a real good evangelist, I'd stop right there and preach about how that means to dance and shout and about and talk in tongues and all that, but that's not what that means. Uh, and the, literally, he worshiped the Lord. It means he kind of got down on his, on his knees and began to cry out to God. Uh, and so uh, that's what he did. And then the next thing he did is he finds the man of God. 
the priest that's with him. And he said, let's, let's ask God, what do I do? And the Bible said that the Lord answered him and said, uh, go and recover. You're going you're gonna to go and, and defeat him. He said, you're going to recover it all. Well, that's quite a promise. That's, that's, a, that's, that's something to rejoice about. When you pray to God, I mean, it looks bleak right now. Everything's gone. You have nothing. You've got folks wanting to kill you. Uh, but they're, they're, they honor you enough that they're going to wait till see what God says. And so, and so now what does God say? God says, go, and you're going to recover everything. What a promise. Well, that's something to shout and dance about. And so the Bible said that David and 400 of them, they take off. They go over the brook Bazor. They leave 200 to guard the stuff. And while they go, they're out there. The Bible lets us know for three days. Now, that's a problem. The Lord said, you are going to have revival. You're going to have a harvest. All right. Praise God. Let's go. Man, go. You're going to recover all. Woo. Praise God. But I'm three days out now, and I ain't got a clue where I'm going. Now, Now what? We're just wandering around out here. We have a promise. We left excited. How do I get the? God said I'm going to have stuff back, but I'm empty. We're starting to maybe run low on supplies now. And, and man, there's things. What do I do? And the Bible said that some of David's men now, they found an Egyptian in the field. Now, I don't know how David trained his men. I'm just telling you if it was, if it was me and probably most of you, in the flesh. And, and they, these guys didn't have the Holy Ghost. We blame a lot of stuff on the Holy Ghost. Well, if I have the Holy Ghost, then I can get victory over some of this stuff. And that preaches good, and it sounds good, but a lot of these guys, they just repented and lived righteously without the Holy Ghost. You know, there's some, there's some folks who, well, if I just get the Holy I'll get delivered from some things. No, if you just had some discipline in your life, you might get delivered of some things. A little different subject, but again, I'm just meddling. And so uh, it's, it's for everybody listening online. God bless you. Hope to hope you get everybody here is good. And so and so so now here here they find this Egyptian. I don't know how David trained him. This part of the scripture, every time I read it, whenever I think about it, it it staggers my mind. Because they're they've got a promise from God to go and get everything back. And they know that they're going to they're going to kill the enemy. We're going to get you for what you did to us. And they find this guy in the field. And he's been left there for three days. His master don't want him no more because because you're not necessary. You got sick. And so we only needed you for for the, the, the invasion. And now you're not profitable to us anymore. We'll cast you to the side. And the church, if you would, finds him. Now, if it had been me in that day, I'd have probably been ready to take the dude out, just finish the job, especially if I find out he's one of the guys involved in taking my wives, taking my children. I don't know what David told those men. I don't know how he instructed them, but they had enough sense when they saw that guy 
to take him to David. And they fed him. They gave him a little water. They gave him a little, some, little bit of some figs. Probably not a fig newton, but, but some, something to do with figs. That's what the Bible says. And so, and so the, they, they helped him. You're an Egyptian. I mean, the Egyptians don't have a real good standing with the people of God anyways. Egypt's a type of sin. Egypt's a type of the world. It was out of Egypt that God brought the children of Israel. And so now they're having to be nice to an Egyptian that they find in the field. And then they find out you're with the group that we're trying to get. And David asked him a question and said, hey, can you? Now watch this. God told him, go recover all. But God didn't tell him where to go. Let that sink in for a minute. God said, here's what's going to happen. But I ain't going to tell you how it's going to happen. Your answer is going to be dependent upon how you treat the Egyptian that you find in the field. Whether or not you recover everything is going to be dependent on what you do with one Egyptian boy that the world's thrown to the side and he's been involved in decimating your town. Sir, the boy looks at him. He says, I'll tell you if you won't kill me and please don't send me back. Please, I, 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 I didn't know who we were attacking. I found out afterwards. I can tell you where they're at. I'll help you fulfill the promise of God. Just don't kill me and don't make me go back there. So for a little while tonight, I want to talk to this church. Are you looking for the Egyptian? There are promises that God's made to individuals in this church. There's lost loved ones that God has said, yes, you're, they're going to come back. And you're so fixated on them that you're missing the answers that are all over in the field. And what I, I'm preaching way beyond just invitations right now. Now there's there's a recipe. I, I man, I'm, I'm just I know I know I know for a fact that's what I'm supposed to preach here tonight. And I, I don't mind telling you there's there's a little pressure because man, we want to see folks get the Holy Ghost, and I do too. And 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 but but I know I know I know absolutely. This may be the most important message. Let's just stop a minute. Let's love the Lord. Let's ask the Lord to help us here together. Jesus, God, not interested in just a good little message and some examples. God, nor am I interested, Lord, in just a touch here that we'll leave and forget and just relegate God to a good message. And, and oh, that was touching. Hmm. Hmm. 
Are you looking for the Egyptian? Because when you find him, he wasn't coming to the tabernacle and he wasn't coming to the temple. He had just stolen and destroyed your family. When you find him, he's going to be sick and broke. And the world's going to have no use for him. And the temptation will be, oh, they're not going to be interested. They're just a no good anyways. I gotta, I'm looking for somebody. I'm looking for my answer. God told me I'm going to recover all. But he never told me how I was going to recover it. He never told me what it was dependent upon until I find and have compassion for the one. It takes time. It takes time. The easy answer for revival, and I, I'm an evangelist. I, I'm, I'm just telling you, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, this is not false humility. I, I realize there's guys out there, man, they pray through everything in the building. We don't have that happen all the time. I want to see more of it. But I've preached long enough and been in ministry long enough to know that I've seen a whole lot of folks pray through that folks say pray through. And their tongues may have even moved but they really never had a spirit of repentance. And there's an emotional release to it. I'm not, not, I'm not saying it's fake Holy Ghost either. I ain't going to go that far. I'm just telling you that there's, there's something to a depth of experience. It's not just numbers. What we're looking for is for folks that's going to help us further the kingdom. Not just a number for tonight. I've followed, I've followed at least three different revivals, Pastor, where big numbers came in. And within two weeks, none of them was there, or just a few. Brother Savala, would you come and, and help our church? They're discouraged. Here's what's happened. And we go in and we pray through a few, but those are, most of them are still there. It reignites faith. And so, are you looking for the Egyptian? Brother Hilton, if you would... Uh, that passage of scripture uh, in the book of Jude, if you want to turn there or look at the movie screen, I mean the, the, the screens, I'm just messing with you. Um, little, little, just little, little lightheartedness there. Uh, and so if you'll put that up, Jude, uh, where are we at? Verse 20, I believe it is, is what I asked you. Is that, just pick up there in 20. And, yes, sir. What's but, it say? But ye beloved, yeah. building up yourselves on your most holy faith. All right, now. There's a recipe to this, this soul winning thing. And that's really what this is about. Are you looking for the Egyptian? When you find him or her, will you have compassion on him? I'm not talking about the compassion that says, hey, oh yeah, I found you. Tell you what, um, I want you to come to our church and, and there's an evangelist or the pastor's doing something special. Whatever. You need to come to our church and everything is going to be good. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what it takes time to feed them, to water them. Because you just don't know what answer that you've been praying about and God's promised they're going to unlock. 
So the recipe, now usually here in Jude, we skip down to, we skip down to on some have compassion, making a difference, and others say with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments. That's usually where we go where we're going to talk about winning the lost. But there's a recipe to get there. You cannot skip steps to get there. You might accidentally get there, especially new converts because they don't know all this. But the longer you live for God, the more knowledge you have and the less productive we often are. We live, we live in a world, now this is just Joseph all and you all just be thankful because I ain't a pastor. And this is probably why I don't pastor because I'm not a good pastor. But nonetheless, uh, we want a lot of folks to God in building two churches. They're getting them off the ground and all that. A lot of Bible studies. A lot of Egyptians. Many of them still serving the Lord. Takes a lot of time. Uh, we, had, we had one when we was in California. Leanna is a waitress. Now, I know usually, now I used to be a waiter. Anybody else ever been in a waiting? Waiting at a fun job. Everybody's church asks you to come. And none of them leave tips. Amen. And you got to be nice to them because you're hoping for one. Woo, that's the truth, sister. That's right. Amen. And so, and so uh, uh, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I don't, I, I mean, I was pastor and I, I hardly say anything to them. And old Leanna, we went there, we just got there three months. Three months, every Sunday, almost every Sunday, we'd go in there. I didn't invite her to church. I didn't say anything about church. Just, hi, how are you? Man, we just happened. She knew we went to church. And so, uh, so about the third month or so, she wasn't there on Sunday. Somebody else said, hey. Um, uh, and now, that was during the whole Christmas. Uh, see, uh, I don't know if you all do Christmas. Uh, it was the... the uh, Winter solstice or whatever you want to call it. Anyways, we call it Christmas where I'm from. And so, so during, during all that celebration, she was a single mom. My wife and I both raised by single moms. We got a little bit of affinity to that. Know the, the, the hardships that go with it. And we found out she had a little, little daughter. We asked about her, showed interest. She still didn't know. She knew we went to church, but I never invited her. I never said nothing to her. And... Uh, and, uh, and we gave her an extra, I don't know, it was a little bit, quite a bit more than what we usually tip. She cried, thank you. Man, we've been there. Said, somewhere around the third month, she wasn't there when we went in to, to go in. And somebody else waited on us. And that girl goes, where do you all go to church? And uh, I said, well, we go to Potter's house. That was the name of our church. We weren't T.D. Jakes or nothing, but obviously. And, uh, and so, but, but, uh, but I like that name, so that's the name of our church. And so uh, she said, well, who's the pastor? I said, me. You're a pastor? Yeah, yep, that's me. She said, does Leanna know that? I said, mm-mm. She goes, well, can we come? I said, oh, yeah, anybody can come. I said, I just don't want you thinking that's the only reason why I'm here in your restaurant. See, the world doesn't want to be just a, another, what can you, I'm trying to get, they're used to everybody trying to go be friends just to get something off of them. I just, now, I, I'm, I'm going to throw some stuff out there. So I say, well, Brother Savala, uh, I want a burden for souls. I don't know how long it's been. I don't pray for a burden for souls. I don't want a burden for souls. A burden gets heavy and you want to throw it off. 
I want to love for souls. See, if I love somebody or something, it don't matter what comes and goes. I, I love the soul. I lo- well, that, that just crossed some folks' theology. And it's just, just me. It's just me. See, if pastor says something else, go with whatever pastor says. That's the burden mentality. That's how, that's how, folks, it's just a Saturday thing. Or it's just, a, it's just whatever we have. A, and so, man, I put it on and then I'll take it off because I, I came and I got the burden. A burden is something I can, I'll pray for over here. Oh, God, give me a burden. And then when I walk out, I'm all done with it. But you give me a love for souls. Now, this will sound funny to some of you that can recognize it, but. I have two songs. I, you know, the malls and all that with COVID and everything. Of course, a lot of folks love COVID because that, that, now they got a real good excuse, you know, for not looking for Egyptians. Well, I don't want to get COVID. So let's let them die in the field if they got it. Okay. Let's see how that works. Anyways, uh, and so, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> and, uh, and so, so uh, I, I like to go to the malls and where people are. See, when you love people, you like to go where they are. You like to go where they're. Now, I don't, I, I mean, you don't, without the Holy Ghost and everything, I could be a good loner. I like a good book or whatever, just leave me alone. I like to go work, do, work in a little wood shop. If I wasn't doing all this, what I'm doing now, that's what I'd go do. I like people, but in the world and, and without the Holy Ghost, I liked them at a distance. Wasn't really involved with people. So I got the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that it's the love of God that shed abroad in our hearts. So if I got the Holy Ghost, that means all of a sudden now it wants to go out. Why? Because love seeks objects. Love seeks a subject. Love is looking to embrace something. So if I got the Holy Ghost, I'm not just looking at my taste. I'm looking for Egyptians. I'm looking for those that aren't loved. I'm looking for those that have been cast aside. And it's going to take time. Three months. Old Leanna. Well, that next Sunday we come. I didn't know you was a pastor. I said, no, I didn't know. You didn't ask. She said, can I come to your church? I said, yep. You said, when? I said, whenever you want to. She said, free. It's open. Come on. Her first service, she got the Holy Ghost. Baptized in Jesus' name. Friends, friends, I love you. I, I, don't want, I want you to come to church, but I don't want you to come to church and think that's the only reason I'm being your friend. I'm going to be your friend without. I'm going to everybody in this room. Everybody in this room. Now, I, 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 was, I was nine, somewhere between nine and ten. I taught my first Bible study. Now, I did not ask anybody if I could. I didn't know you were supposed to. I didn't know anything other than Acts 2.38. And those of you that go way back to the late 70s and early 80s of Pentecost uh, in an organization will remember the great prophecy crusades. Anybody remember Prophecy Crusades that came back through in the 80s? Oh, it was wonderful. The man would play a tape or play a, they didn't have CDs, I guess it was a tape. He'd play, he'd have a great picture of a nuclear bomb cloud. And they'd play the sound. If you're not ready when Jesus comes, this might be the last sound you'll ever hear. And boom, and the explosion would go off and people would run to the altar. 
Now today, that wouldn't do nothing because everybody's, they're, they're just, they're desensitized. And most folks don't understand what it was like. Any, anybody that's born after, really after about 85, because the, the, the wall came down in, what was it, 92. So you all won't understand what it meant to be under threat of nuclear war. You don't know, you young folks don't know what it was like to crawl under your desk. And, and in California, where I was raised, it started as nuclear bomb drills, and then they, it was too scary. So then it was just earthquake drills. Um, and so, which would make a lot of sense. If a bomb went off, your desk, your wood desk would protect you. And so, so this was my, this was my first Bible study. And that's what I, that, you know the fella. And so, uh, and so it was this great crusade. And I had a, somewhere in my heart, I got a burn. And I'm saying this because there's some of you that young people. You can touch folks I'll never touch. Your pastor will never touch. Everybody in this room, from the youngest to the oldest, you need to have center friends. Not, a, not just an acquaintance. Oh, I ain't going to go to the ball game with her. I ain't going to go to the movies with her. There's a lot there. But I can still have a friend. I can still be friends with them. I'm going I'm to come back to that because, oh, yeah. I, I get concerned about folks that know how to preach. And they can even preach soul winning, but they've never won anybody to God. They don't know. They know how to get folks to go out and look, but they've never looked themselves. And so, and so I'm just, now I was raised in the projects, Southern California. And so, and, and, and so, I mean, I just, I, I went and I got, now I couldn't get to, I couldn't get the, I couldn't get the pictures and all that kind of stuff. But Time Magazine, I cut out a, I cut out a picture of a mushroom cloud. And, and then I made my own little, I made my own bomb out of popsicle sticks. And, uh, and I got the tape of the sound. And I had about 10 of my friends, we all got in that house in that apartment, and man, I was going to have, I'm teaching them a prophecy crusade. I tackled one God and, and the second coming in the same Bible study. Mm. Nobody said I couldn't. I didn't know. I'm just trying. I, I don't know anything other than there was something in my heart said, God, I want to try and, and reach somebody. See, you don't, you don't have to know a whole bunch of stuff. You do have to love folks. And so, and so here, here I, I do my little deal and I get all the way and when I hit that here's the sound I use the same thing that prophecy dude did I said here's sound if you're not ready and you're gonna burn in hell and I I hit it and and they didn't pray Uh, but all of them hit the front door and they all left and their parents said you can play with that boy but you ain't going back in his house again and that was my outreach effort didn't do any better some folks have stopped right there well it don't work I can't explain. I told you day earlier uh, this morning. I was in out of foster homes and all that kind of stuff. But but God still used me in ways. See, He don't. You, you don't have to be perfect. You can have a love for for people. I sat on bar stools when uh, when I was backslid, and I'd had discussions. It's amazing the discussions you'll have with folks when you're drunk and high and everything like that. Spiritual discussions. Oh, yeah. The guy looked at me and said, man, how come you just don't go to church? I said, I can't be saved. I said, but you and I are going to hell. You believe that? I said, absolutely. He got up and left the, left the bar. Maybe went to another one. I know I have one sister that ended up going to church and got the Holy Ghost because we had discussions like that. See, God wants folks that will take time. Now, I, I told you those, those stories. 
to set you up. Because now I came back to the Lord. And uh, when it really, really dawned on me about looking for the Egyptians, I taught a Bible study. Had my little chart. Pastor boy, I was, I was excited. I mean, I was trying to win somebody to God. I went to that house about three, four weeks. Come up on that last week and had my little deal. It's all ready. Knocked on the door. Hey, Joe, man, glad you're here. We're not going to need you anymore. Oh, what happened? My wife and I are getting a divorce. Smoke me. See, I, I, was, I was looking for, I mean, I wanted to reach people, but I went around the wrong way. I was in their house three to four weeks. I sat and flipped a chart, Pastor. I taught them what I wanted them to know. But I missed what was happening in their hearts and spirits. I missed an opportunity to minister because I was too interested in trying to get them saved. I got to get them to Acts 2.38 right now. But they may not be ready for that. What they may need is just somebody come, man, I'm praying for you and your family. Why don't you let's just come out and get a birth. Uh, man, you're an Egyptian in the field. I, I, I just Let me just get you something. But it takes time. It's a whole lot easier to say, hey, why don't you come to church and let's, let's have the preacher do it. Let's have the music do it. And then when we're all done, just go on home. Whoa, boy, I did something for God. And I know, I know, no, please, I, I know I've been, I've been in ministry long enough, and I was around, I, I, I've seen folks come in, they just beat everybody up, and everybody goes away feeling like I ain't doing enough for God. And that's not the point of this. There's a, there's a little saying that says, good, better, best. Lord, don't let us rest till our good becomes better and our better becomes best. God, I've been praying for a burden. I, I, I want to I do something for you. Find you a sinner that you can just pour love on. Oh, it may take some time. It took me a whole long time to get my neighbor, the atheist. The Bible said, I forgot where we were. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Before, brother, I can really be an effective soul winner and help others. I've got to have the Spirit moving through me. Otherwise, I'll end up doing what was popular years ago. They called it sword fighting. Well, I could, I could defeat somebody in the debate. I could show them there's only one God. Boy, I could, man, I got all the verses and I walked away from there going, boy, I showed them. But were they saved? Well, I, I feel caught. I've got the truth. Well, that's good, but the Bible also says with buying the truth, buy you some wisdom and buy some understanding. Get you some knowledge. Truth by itself kills.
praying in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because if I can pray in the Holy Ghost, I'm building up my own faith. But that just helps me. But it's positioning me to be able to help somebody else. But there's some folks, they're really not interested a whole lot in helping other folks. Or they don't know how. I'll come back to that other story. We was preaching revival 20 years ago. Sister come down. She was one of them pastors. I mean, she was there every service. Whatever the pastor said, boom, she was going to do it. But every altar service, she'd come down, lift her hands, and just weep and cry. And after about a few weeks, it really grieved me. And I asked the pastor, I said, can I, can I talk to her during the service? He said, yeah. So I walked down. I got to talking with her and said, sister, I said, I don't feel that you're in sin or anything, but is there anything that you've not repented of? Is there something going on? This isn't, this isn't right. She said, bless the Lord. She said, years ago I backslid it, and my kids went with me, and I disobeyed the man of God. She said, God let me come back a few years ago. She said, but my kids won't come. And she goes, I keep trying to get them to come to service, and I, and I, keep, I keep telling them that they need God, and, I keep, and, and they just laugh at me and they resist. She said, I just keep repenting and asking God to forgive me. And I said, mm. I said, don't do it no more. So you've been forgiven. I said, don't talk to your kids anymore about church. Leave them alone. You love them. I said, but here's what you do. You take all that love that you have for them, and you go find you a sinner, and you pour it on them. I said, don't get them to come to church yet. I said, you just pour it on them. That's all you do. Sister Marcel believed me. Told the pastor what I'd said. He said, Russell, I'm good. She started doing it. Sister Marcel got a hold of some contact. She was, the lady was, was uh, an elderly lady. And she got in contact with this lady and just began to be friends. And this went on for about three weeks. And then all of a sudden, she lost contact for a couple of weeks. And the pastor happened to be out of town, and, and, uh, and we couldn't get a hold of him. And she said, Brother, well, what do I do? I, I, I couldn't get a hold of her. I said, well, I said, have you tried going to the house or calling the, they, they had the daughter's number. She said, I'll call the daughter. So that two weeks while she lost contact with that lady, that lady had went to the hospital. She'd been in the hospital the whole time. They just sent her home that day when she calls the daughter to die. She only had three weeks with her, but she had found an Egyptian in the field and she was trying, and she's concerned. See, there's some folks, man, if I can't get a hold of them after two days, well, if they, if they stand me up, then they're just not interested. They're not hungry. Well, they was hungry enough at the beginning. Can, can, I, can I take some? They don't know how important church is. They don't know how important some of these things are. They, to them, it's just another deal. And man, I got, it's just something I fit into my life schedule. For you and I, this is life, but not to them. So I've got to understand when I'm working with them, they ain't going to feel about it like I do. Sister Marcel gets a hold of them. So what do I do? They send her home to die. Should I go visit? I said, man, sister, I said, I think that'd be fine. Talk to the assistant pastor. Yeah. So she goes by herself. She's there by the bed. Sister Marcel begins to talk to this lady. Before it's all done, we get a phone call. 
She got the Holy Ghost. Prayed the lady through on the deathbed. She got the Holy Ghost. What, what, what do I do? said, well, we'll talk about trying to get her baptized. I had time within another day or so. Pastor, come back. We get it all coordinated. And the day she gets baptized, the daughter standing there at the baptistry, weeping with her. Sister Marcel puts her arm around her, and that lady gets the Holy Ghost at the same time. Two weeks later, the lady passes away. Filled with the whole, because somebody took some time for an Egyptian. But let me tell you something. If she had never got her mind off of her promise and what she wanted to see done, she'd have never found her. In that same revival, Sister Marcel's daughter came with her boyfriend. Say revival. It's about two months later. It was a long revival. They're about six, seven months. That's a long revival. That's too long to have me around, and I'm with me. I understand. <laughs> Sister Priscilla and Javier come in that revival. Both of them pray. She prays back through the Holy Ghost. He gets the Holy Ghost for the first time in the same service. They're assistant pastors today at one of the local churches that pastor started. Because somebody said, God, you said you gave me a promise. I don't know how to get it. And when another word came, they said, okay, I'm going to go find an Egyptian somewhere. And God said, if you'll do that for them, here's what I'm going to work for you over here. I'm looking for my answer. Just wandering around trying to find my promise. My neighbor, huh. he, uh, he'd come out, he's an atheist. And the Bible says, uh, says, building up yourself in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And then it says what? Keep yourself, right? Keep yourselves. Keep yourselves. In the love of God. In the love of God. Not God in love with me. He's going to love me. I got to keep myself in love with him. I got to love what he loves keep myself in love with God. And then he said what? Looking, Looking for the mercy. For the mercy. Oh, we all want mercy for me. But what about mercy for everybody else? Do when I read that, am I just reading looking for the mercy for me? Because I can't get to them other verses of helping everybody else out without looking at mercy for them too. When you see the, the different color, and thank God there's, there's all different races here in this church, and thank God for that. And there's more out there. I'm going to tell you what, our world's confused right now. They're doing their best to make, to make everything a race deal. The church, I said the church, ought to be the one place where ain't none of that matters. It don't matter. Oh, I know what it's like. I grew, I grew up where I grew up down in California. Everybody thinks, well, there ain't no racism over there. Huh? You're crazy. My family was one of the first mixed marriages in the church. And that was back then, Mexican and white. I was called half-breed by folks in the church. 
All kinds of stuff. In the ministry, since I've been in the ministry, I've been in some states, and they say, man, Brother Savala, boy, you're, you're a Mexican. I bet you can make, dig a good ditch. Now, some folks get offended at that. That don't bother me. I grew up with that stuff. My last name's Savala. I got Sliva, Saliva. I got Savala, Savalia. I got it all. I've been, I just, all that stuff. I grew up, my mom's white. My dad's family, Mexican. He's half Italian. And that's because his mama was a prostitute and all kinds of stuff. So, anyway, so I mean, confused. But the Mexican side of the family didn't like me because I was too white. The white side of the family didn't like me because I was too, too brown. Then I grew up in the hoods. Well, I was really confused. Because I could talk slang and smack with everybody. And the church folks, because they most of them, they didn't live nowhere near where I lived. They just looked at me and, boy, he's weird. And you all now know I am. The church of today, I don't care if you're an Egyptian. You could be the answer to the promise God gave me. I'll feed you. I'll give you some water. I ain't going to send you back. I ain't going to let you get killed. You're my brother. You're my sister. It may take some time. Oh, yeah, there's going to be some differences. But come on. We're going to find something together. We're going to have victory together. But it takes people. It takes people that are full of the Holy Ghost. That are in love with the Lord, that are looking, looking for mercy, looking for mercy. There's my Cody, my neighbor, Cody. He, uh, we lived in a townhouse and uh, well, apartments. It was a, it was a, I forget what they call them. Anyway, apartments. We said apartments with stairs steps of what are the townhomes I think is what they're called but they're in apartment settings. Anyways, and so so we're there and our and our front door opened off into the parking area. And Cody uh, was there and Cody was single when I first met him. And Cody had two two chairs out here in the front of his door and then there was our door and we had the kitchen sink here and the little window. All of it faced the parking lot. And Cody, when he got home from work, he'd get a beer and he'd go sit in the chair and he'd smoke. And we knew Cody was smoking because we would have the window open and then the smoke would come in. And now some folks, they would try to win Cody, Cody something like this. They'd go to the window. Oh, God could deliver the smoker. Oh, I pray God to just deliver. I rebuke this smoking demon in Jesus' name. Pow! Uh, that generally doesn't work real good for finding Egyptians. Uh, and so, and I have, I have a weird, I know, I, I, this, this, I mean, I'm just different, but I like cigarette smoke. Um, it doesn't bother me. I, can, I smoke four to five packs a day before I come into church. Uh, and, and to this day, I can still identify certain brands. And that's a great conversation piece because I'll be standing by somebody and get in my car wash. I just did this in Florida. And I'm just sitting there, and the guy's over there smoking. I said, is that a Marlboro or a Camel? He looks at me. Well, how'd you know? I said, oh, I used to smoke a long time, about 20-something years. You did? How'd you get off? I said, oh, the Lord. 
and then I just leave it there. It's a great conversation piece for me. And so not everybody's going to do that. That's fine. I'm one of them guys, so I'll talk to somebody and invite them to church. Or not even invite them to church, I'll talk about church. And they'll say, oh, can I come? I said, uh-uh. Well, why not? I said, oh, it'd scare you to death. I said, man, we run the aisles and jump up and down, all kinds of stuff. You get scared, run out, and we don't want you to do that. You have a heart attack, we'd have to call the paramedics. <laughs> I got to come to your church. I got to come. What kind of church you got? Looking for the Egyptians. Boy, see, now some I ain't never doing that. I won't do it. Let me ask you something. How's it worked out for you in the way you do things? I ain't comparing ourselves, but, but when somebody comes and it's a different way, and you've not had any kind of success, how's that working out for you? When you get desperate enough to get the promises of God, I don't care what the Egyptian looks like or what I got to do. God, I got to have, you promised, and I'm out here long enough. Show me the Egyptian that's going to lead us, that will lead me to recover everything you promised. So Cody's out there. He smokes a cigarette. He did that several days. I don't know, maybe been a couple of weeks. I told, I told my wife, I said, I'm going to meet I'm going to meet him. I just knew him. I didn't know. I didn't even know his name at that point. So I walked out one day. I had my, my Diet Coke. I was drinking Diet Coke at the time. Oh, thank God I've been delivered. Went to Diet Dr. Pepper. Diet Pepsi. But it's Diet Coke at the time. I walked out there. I said, hey, man. I said, my name's Joe. I said, oh, Cody. I said, man, you mind if I sit out here with you? No. Nah. So I sat in this chair. He's got a beer and a cigarette, and I'm sitting there with Diet Coke. And some folks say, Brother Saval, don't let your evil be for your good be evil spoken of. I wasn't worried about that. I didn't have a cigarette. And if some moron can't tell the difference between a beer can and a Diet Coke can, that's not my fault. They need a better prescription. And so I'm sitting there, and we start talking. And he goes, you go, you go to church, don't you? I said, uh-huh. He said, uh, I said, well, aren't you going to ask me to go to church? I said, nope. He said, so why not? I said, would you come? He said, no. I said, I ain't going to ask you. And that was our beginning of our conversation with Cody. That went on for about two months. In that two months, one time we were sitting there talking, and he says, uh, you know, I ain't never going to go to church or get or uh, I'm not interested in church. I said, oh, that's okay. He said, well, why do you come over? So I said, because I like you. So I'm your friend. He said, well, who's the pastor over there? Me. You. I said, mm-hmm. So the world don't know what to do with that. They're so used to. Come on. And if you don't come on, I'm kind of done with you. So he said, well, he said, well, you, you ain't going to like me now. I said, well, why is that, Cody? He said, well, I'm an atheist. I said, oh, that's very good. Oh, I know some folks. My God, you're an atheist. How could you? I mean, look at the sun and look at the moon and look at this and look at that. Look at all the things that God created. So I said, well, that's very good. And he just looked, you know, what? He said, well, 
I mean, that doesn't bother you? I said, no. I said, why are you an atheist? I said, most folks, that's not, that, that's not something normal that they come, they, they come to that conclusion. I said, what caused that, old Cody? He said, well, I just don't see how God could, could, could really exist. I said, well, tell me. He said, well, I saw my brother when I can't remember his age. They were young, in the early teens. I saw my brother shoot my father, kill him. That would be a good reason in the world to say I can understand why God would be able to do that. He said, about four years later, he said, I found my brother and he had hung himself because he couldn't deal with the guilt. Two good reasons. See, if you're just raised in church and all you've known all is this stuff here, see, that, that, it's, hard, it's hard to relate with that world. We want, we want a pat answer. We want, we want just, well, you know, oh, I mean, how can you believe that? How can you do You ain't been raised around that stuff. Now, I'm going to tell you, you don't have to be to be a soul winner. You don't have to be raised in those environments. But you do. I'm going to tell you, they find out you love them. Even if I haven't had the same experience, if you love me in this condition, maybe there's some hope for me. Cody starts coming to church. Just one service, about one service a week, every couple of weeks. And I had some goofball come up. My God, Pastor, Cody needs a revelation. I said, you need some duct tape. He said, huh? I said, you realize he wasn't coming to church at all and didn't even believe in God? I said, he's at least coming in here and sitting and listening to a little bit of the things of God. I said, you leave him alone. Let it unfold. He wasn't going to come there. I saw God moving on him, but he wasn't ready. And then he starts, one day he comes back and he says, he says, hey, I went from being Joe, and I, he wasn't even in the church yet, but I went to Pastor Joe. That's how you know you're graduating. I went from Joe to Pastor Joe. And uh, he said, hey, Pastor Joe. I said, man, I got some good news. I said, what's that, Cody? He said, man, my girlfriend's moving in with me. Now, how do you answer that? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Woo! All right, boy, I can't wait for this. Uh, I said, uh, man, I can't wait to meet her. That was a safe answer. Huh. Three years before, when we first got there, we had uh, a young lady come to the church and uh, got the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name. Lasted about two weeks. And uh, she had to move out of the state. We didn't see her again. Cody comes driving up in his car. My wife and I are getting out of our van. Cody drives up. I see the girl in the car. And I told my wife, I said, that's Christina. You remember her? We ain't been able to find her for three years. I said, well, we found her. <laughs> Cody gets up. Hey, Pastor Joe, I want you to meet my girlfriend. I said, I can't wait to. She gets out of the car and looks at us. She goes, huh? Hey, Christina, you know Pastor Joe? Oh, we know Christina. Christina. 
so good to see you. And, and it was a very quick introduction, and then they went inside. He was much happier to see us than she was. <laughs> now, we knew. See, it, it takes a while for, to deal with Egyptians. What we want is just come into church, get the Holy Ghost real fast, and let the pastor do all the work. I, I'm just telling you, I, I know, I just know this one I'm supposed to preach. If just one or two will really get a hold. Didn't take long. We knew it was going to happen. We had heard the doors closing at various levels. Heard them encouraging one another. One night we get a knock on the door. Christina wants to talk. Can I talk to Sister Sabal? Sure. She goes out. They're, they're, they're ready to separate now, but they do love one another. What do we do? I said, you got to go to church, Cody. So you got you got to come more than just a little bit. They decide they was going to get married. A week before they get married, on a Sunday, they both get the Holy Ghost, the same service. A week later, we baptize them on a Mother's Day of 2010. Takes a long time with some Egyptians. But with them, 10 other folks came. You just don't know. Oh, we talked to a lot of folks. There was a lot of folks that cycled through. But you just don't know. My daughter was seven years old trying to, all, all she's known is examples of her mom and dad and so she's going to go try and be a soul winner and and she got a hold of this one girl at her school started coming to church mom and dad started coming three other churches in the community had asked that family please don't come back to our church your kids are unruly they started coming to, well they started coming to our game night they didn't come to church service we had game night at our house Three, three months in a row, and one and about two months into it, they called us one day and said, we're not going to be able to make game night, but we're going to bring donuts. My wife and I went nuts. Yay! If they get in church, we got us some saints. If they're willing to call us over game night and still bring donuts. We got some folks that if we ever get them full of the Holy Ghost... How you look at it. Three months. First service, they come in. I get up from praying. I'd been taking the church, our little church, about 24, about 20 folks somewhere in there, maybe probably about 15 people. And, and I got up, and I'd been taking them through discipleship. I had been on holiness of spirit for three weeks. I was going to go on holiness of the outside tonight. And I look, and here comes Jeff and Lisa. And they don't look Pentecostal because they ain't. They've been around us for three months. And I said, God, I can't preach this. And the Lord said, they're going to hear it sooner or later. So I preach it. Because of a three-month relationship, had they walked in on that first service and not had any relationship, 
you're crazy. But they had three months of us getting together and just having a good time. Three months of just phone calls and meals and, and just that's all it was. That when they came, they bought into it. They're now the assistant pastors of the church we left in Oregon. It takes a while. But I want to get over to pulling them out of the fire and hating the car. You can get there, but you'll be much more successful if you go through all the steps. And can I tell you, you got to keep going through them. Are you looking for the Egyptian? Are you really looking? Are you are you are you willing to get down in the dirt with them? Oh, we. I, 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 well, again, Pastor, I, I'd apologize, but I can't because it's just. I, I know it's not a typical Sunday night service, and it's going long. And I'm using examples that I know, but well, that's just you and your. I'm sorry, I just don't have anybody else's examples to use. I'm just telling. I, I ain't that good. I can tell you a whole lot of other stuff, brother. It didn't work out. And I left off, and I did it on purpose. Four weeks, and I went to that house. I never picked up on where they were. We're getting a divorce. How did I miss the opportunity to minister to the Egyptian? God put them right there in the field. God, give me a burden. God, let me, let me get, let me win somebody. And God said, here you go. I just want to force feed you. And I just want to show you my chart. And I just want, I want to tell you, I want to tell you, I want to get you to Acts 238. I want to. But our marriage is falling apart. We don't even know what Acts 238 is. And how do I get along? How does this work? How, I ain't got all these other questions. I'm an atheist. And I, how do I we believe Acts 238 when I've never seen anything good of God in my life that I would recognize? But God is looking for folks that will minister to people out there. Are you looking for the Egyptian? Now, every hand raised all across the building, just stay seated right now. Jesus, God, God promises have been made even to this church and the individuals of what you have in store. Lord, God, I'm asking, Lord, that the words that have been spoken, the faith that's here, God, we've all sat through preachings and teachings much like this, determined, God, to do something for you. I'm asking you, Lord, that you would help us to fulfill the determination. God, not a burden, but a real love. That when we see them, God, our thought is, I wonder what they'd look like worshiping you. I wonder what it would look like, God, with their hands raised and tears coming down their face. 
talking in tongues. God, to look beyond the styles, to look beyond all of the stuff that this world has and to see Egyptians that are hurting but quite possibly have the answer that you've promised us. Jesus, upon young people that are here, some of these God young ministers, I'm asking you, God, that there would come such an urgency and a love for people, not for a pulpit, but for people, that God would set this church on fire. Lord, I've done the best I can with your word, with the little stories. And you and I know, God, I, I want to do much better. I'm nothing without you. But with you, all things are possible. Lord, we love you. We magnify you. Let's just talk to the Lord together right now, can we? Jesus. Jesus, we love you. We love you. Just love the Lord here. Lord, we love you. Praise you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus. There were 600 men that David had. 400 went. Some number of them found the Egyptians. 200 of them stayed. They were tired. But 
that they served a very important role and that they kept the stuff. I do not want to negate the fact that some folks here, you may not run to go greet everybody or get, get folks, but once they're here, you know how to keep them. That's just as important as those that can go get them. I said that's just as important. I feel like everyone ought to try and be one of those that tries to get them. But if you don't, don't excuse yourself. You'd be one of those that knows how to keep them. I've lived long enough. I've seen folks that they know how to get them, but they don't know how to keep them. We need folks that love them just as much once they're here as those that love them when they're out there. But I don't want in this service. I want us all to leave wanting a greater love for them. One thing I do not want is to pray something through and then I walk back out those doors forgetting what God's placed upon me. Brother Savala, how do I how do I meet him? Go talk to him. You young people, you need to have some center friends. So, well, man, I, 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 I'll backslide. You stay, you stay right, stay right with God, stay right with your pastor. You're not going to go party with them, do all kinds of stupid stuff, but you can still be friends. When I was pastoring, that's just what I asked most of my folks to do if at all possible, before you ever got them into a church service, have them in your home. Why? Because at a church service like this, well, one, that the pastor had to do some correcting or whatever, and that's all right and proper. A lot of them, well, they don't know what to do. But if they know somebody and they're hooked up, man, I know them. They love me. I ain't like them yet but I'm going to be like them. We love you. This song here at the beginning, I asked the sister to do that song again. We're going to stand together. Would you stand with me? It'd be easy to begin to just cry and have an emotional release or venting. I don't want that. I don't, I don't believe the Holy Ghost wants that. Just some commitments made. God, here's what I will do. And just as we get ready to sing this, I don't want you to tell God what you want to do, what you hope to do. I want you to tell God what you will do. Here's what I will do. And then you go do it nobody can do it like you God's going to place Egyptians in your path that will never get placed in my path in your path God help us not to be so consumed with what we want to see that we miss what you want to do at that present moment Sing with me. 
And as we begin to sing, would you tell the Lord,